0: It might be something you accidentally overlooked, web accessibility. If you're a small business owner and you don't even know what web accessibility actually means, Well, sadly, you're not alone. You might have heard the term accessibility and given some consideration to your physical space, but have you considered ensuring that your web content can be easily consumed by all people? Web accessibility is one of the most important issues facing online businesses today, but somehow it remains surprisingly unnoticed for many businesses, particularly small to medium-sized businesses. And because of this, many business owners don't fully understand what the term actually means. Web accessibility doesn't mean ensuring that everyone has access to the internet, though that's a super important issue too. Web accessibility instead refers to ensuring that all online content can be readily and easily consumed by all people, including people with disabilities. Physical or brick-and-mortar businesses generally command a decent understanding of how their particular disabilities act affects their day-to-day business operations. But online companies have some catching up to do because the needs of those with disabilities are often neglected. However, times are changing and online businesses have a greater responsibility now more than ever to prioritize their website accessibility and that's why today's guest Erin Perkins is here to help you discover if your business is accessible and to get you started with what you need to be doing if this is something that you haven't given much thought to yet in your business. I'm particularly excited about today's episode because it is where my two worlds finally converge. My background as an occupational therapist and my current online business educator status come together in today's episode. And the goal of today's episode is to ensure that your business is set up to be accessible to all walks of life so that everyone can enjoy becoming your customer and consuming your content online. So are you ready to make your business accessible? Let's dive in. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook and get ready to join in on your weekly training. Listen to meaningful conversation and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Erin. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to welcome you to my little corner of the podcast world today. How are you? I am doing good, Kelly. Thanks for having me on the show. So I'm especially excited to chat with you today because, as you may or may not know, my background is in occupational therapy. And fast forward a bunch of years, and I find myself teaching online courses and really kind of living life in the digital space. I'm chatting with you today. I feel like these two worlds are finally converging. So I'm really excited to, I guess, delve back into my OT life or my OT background and learn what you have to teach us today about accessibility in the online space. I am very excited about teaching you guys about that too. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. So why don't we start with the most foundational question and why don't you tell us your story about how you sort of find yourself educating people about accessibility online? So I
1: started out as a graphic designer like that's basically what I've done since high school all through college all through my career but then after about almost 12 years I was actually laid off at my corporation. And I really didn't really know what direction I was going to go in because, like, I'm deaf. So I feel like people with disabilities have a much harder time getting jobs. And in the U.S., when you apply the job, there commonly now is a question is whether or not you have a disability. And I was like, so either I say no and lie or say yes and pretty much I get dismissed. So I ultimately decided to start my own business. So I started off with graphic design because that's what I knew, and then virtual assistant. But about six months into my business, I was like, okay, I want to start learning more. And I realized how much I was faced with a lack of accessibility in the online industry with any program I decided to join. Like I would join something and I was like, oh, It's not captured. And I've already spent like hundreds of dollars. And then I would have to reach out to them and be like, hey, this is an issue with me. And a lot of people didn't even realize that it wasn't even an issue. So it just kind of snowballed into me teaching accessibility for the small business owners because the corporation, they have resources. Small business owners do not have resources. So I just started doing
0: that. I've been doing that for about two years now. Amazing. So it's really not unlike the physical world. I guess in a sense, it just seems like we're a little behind in terms of paying attention to the things that people may not think about day to day to make sure that what they're putting out there is accessible to everyone, all walks of life. And again, in the physical world, we know that we need to have entrances that are universal and we need to have things that are visual along with auditory. And in the online world of things, it's not necessarily as obvious to everyone. And like you said, for small businesses, not only are they probably not thinking about it, and losing out on that business because they're not reaching everyone that they could potentially be reaching, but also they don't have the resources to necessarily do an audit and improve upon those things. So that's why you're here today to help our listeners get better at doing just that. So what tips do you have to share for small business owners that are listening and thinking like, oh my goodness, I don't think I've given this enough thought. I need to fix this. So the biggest
1: thing is when I started doing all the research for this, because I'm baking this off of my own personal experience because I'm deaf. So I know what I've been going through my entire life. I still have struggled in the actual physical world because, you know, I'll go to a museum and only have audio, like the headphone and all of that. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work. Do you have like, a scripted, like actual printed copy. And like a lot of the smaller museums don't typically have that. So that's always like a struggle. And then, so the biggest thing was like trying to not get people overwhelmed with all the resources because that's the biggest thing. People start researching and they're like, this is too much. I can't do this. So, like, my biggest tip is to start with one thing at a time and start now. Like, don't start from the beginning of your business because then you're never going to catch up. If you start now at, say, like, you start with this podcast, you're transcribing this podcast, and then you transcribe everyone from this point on. And then when you have time, you can go back and make sure you transcribe the other one because otherwise you will feel like I am never going to catch up because if someone finds you now and they want to listen to you, and you start transcribing it, and then maybe you'll be like, you know what, I am working on the other stuff, but it's going to take some time, but I'm going to make sure from this point on I'm doing it. And I think that's the biggest like, key thing is to start small and start with where you're at now.
0: Yeah, and I think that's an amazing piece of advice, because otherwise, if we feel overwhelmed and we don't know where to start, it's so easy to just kind of put that aside and move on to the next thing. And then a week passes and another week passes and you still haven't taken any action. I think that's amazing advice. I think in this particular example, my next question would be, what resources are there out there for, say, transcribing video or podcast or any other type of audio visual type media?
1: So there's really tons of
0: resources.
1: And that's actually why I ended up creating my own course. I did not have planned to create a course. I was like, I don't want to do this. But when I did the research, I was like, everything is all over the place. And I was like, how did one person decide what to do? And they do this. And they're like, oh, this isn't working really well for me. So they end up deciding, oh, I can't do this. They give it up. So when I created my course, I like looked at all the resources. I kind of compiled it. And kind of simplified it. I also highlighted how much something costs. Like, there's a whole bunch of different transcription apps that you can use. But, like, there's some that are free, some are, like, low budget, and then some that are really, like, high end because you are paying for a human to actually transcribe something versus using artificial intelligence. And I have my students going through the course and they're like, oh, my gosh, you just literally simplified it for me. Because, like, for now, this is my budget. I can do that, But I want to start using, like, human transcribers and all of that. So I want to start saving up, making sure I allocate a bigger budget to that. And then you're spending less time on editing the transcript yourself versus having, like, someone else do it down the road. And then you can have more time Without having to spend editing. So, like, that's like the point is to create something so that as you grow bigger in a company, you start knowing you have allocated resources and money toward paying for the higher end. But also knowing that everyone who takes my course is probably one or two people on a team. So, you can't necessarily spend all the money. But you can figure out, okay, this is what I can do. I'm going to do this. One of my favorite tools, which I'm actually using now, is auto.ai. And it's like artificial intelligence transcription. I have it on my iPad above the computer. And it literally just transcribed the conversation as we're speaking right now. I've gotten really good at kind of adapting to my voice. So in the beginning, when I use it, I'm like, this is just terrible. It's not transcribed. The only thing that bugs me about this app is that it is very this. It will spell my name, Aaron, as a boy's name. And it's like, come on. Like, I was like, even though I've entered, like, my name is, like, this person, it still will spell it, the boy's version. So that's one of my favorite app is the otter.ai and it is free for up to 600 minutes or if you want like thousand minutes, it's nine 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 per month. That's it. So free for 600 minutes per month? thousand minutes per month. With you, I've literally never used up to thousand minutes and I have this thing on like Every call I'm on, and I'll be on call for like, probably six to 10 hours a week, and it's going to use up those minutes. So I feel like they're very generous with how many minutes you get for $9.99.
0: I need to tell you about my most downloaded free resource. If you're looking to elevate your business or brand photos using your smartphone or any other photo taking device, I don't want you to miss out on this the results people are getting from this guide are crazy. Some say I should be charging actual money for it. But for now, I don't want to do that because I want everyone to get the beautiful photography results that they deserve. No more blurry, dark, dull, yellowish, shadowy, embarrassing photos for you, my friend. It's so much easier to get a beautiful photo than you probably think. Simply visit kellylawson.ca slash free guide to download your free photography guide and start taking better photos for your business today. That's kellylawson.ca slash free guide. I can't wait to see your photos sparkle. What other things do you come across in your day-to-day or that you find your students running into that are kind of common, I guess, mistakes or problems that people are running into with making their businesses more accessible online? Well, the biggest problem
1: is the Social Media Act. They honestly fail badly in making their platform accessible. I don't fault anybody who creates the content on social media. It's not their fault because... It's honestly, Instagram, it's Facebook. They fail people with disabilities right from the beginning. It was never something that they thought about in the beginning. They're still trying to figure out captioning on Facebook Live. They're still trying to figure out captioning on Instagram Story. which is still, we're constantly having to create hacks for them. And that's like what is so like frustrating because they just fail. And we're just like trying to figure out because people with disabilities being online is our connection to the world in a completely different thing. Because I'm not talking about just deaf people. I'm talking about the immunocompromised who can't go out in public and interact with people. This is their like link to the world. People that are blind they still love being on social media. They use Instagram. They use Facebook. This is their connection. When these social media apps don't create that access for them, it's really frustrating. So it's like when you're on Instagram, I want to encourage people to use camel case with hashtag because when you have it all lowercase, which is what Instagram automatically does, everything is lowercase, the screen reader will not be able to decipher that hashtag because it's all lowercase. So they can't quite figure out what is the word. So when you camel case it, which means you initial cap first letter in each word, then the screen reader can read it out loud. So like my dog's hashtag is Koda Sneaky Shiba. So if you lowercase it, the screen reader is not going to be able to read it. So that's, like, the biggest thing is when you initial cap, it will make it so much easier for them. And then, like, people with vision limitation, they might not necessarily be fully blind, but it makes it so much easier for them to read. And I would say, like, try it. If someone approaches you and saying, hey, you didn't caption your video, don't be defensive. Just be saying, like, oh, you know what? I totally didn't realize that. I'm going to do better. Like, don't take it as a defense. But at the same time, don't ask them for resources because we're already, like, tired of, like, constantly having to give resources. So it's, like, do the work, do the research. Like, I provide a lot of tools on my Instagram feed, and I have a lot of free resources on my website. Like, I've tried to make it simple. Like, I spend a lot of energy for my clients and everything that I'm not going to, like constantly be sharing all the information when it's already on my Instagram or my website and everything. So that's
0: the thing. Do the research. Yeah. And I mean, I know that there's alt text and I know that because I did some research and learned that and that alt text is something that can be really helpful for the visually impaired because it's going to read what's on your images and things like that. But definitely there's a little bit of I guess, heavy lifting in the sense of learning how to do better with some of these things and understand them and all of the implications involved. And I think it's really gracious of you to have created kind of this one-stop shop for people to go and get educated and learn about these resources. It is a bit of a learning curve. I can't believe I've gone this long without knowing the utility of alt text beyond the SEO benefits. So why don't you share with listeners a little bit about the resources that you offer and where they can find them?
1: So I have like multiple different resources, just depending on what level you want to go at At this point because it can be overwhelming. So I created a free resource guide on my website that you can just sign up for. It's like 13 to 15 pages, really simple. You can sign up for it, it's free, and you get into my email list. And I try to email my email list once or twice a month max that I don't know if my email list is getting anything from me this month because it's been a month. And then I also have my Accessibility Made ED course, which is, like, accessible in all ways. Like, you can just do the transcription course for $27, or you can do the full course for 147 And if you can't avoid to pay 147 up front, you can pay it over three months, and there's no price markup, because I'm a believer in it being accessible in all ways, because it does drive me nuts that if you can't afford to pay in full, you pay more monthly. That kind of pisses me off because that's like part of this whole problem with the system is you make it harder for people who might be underserved to get up to like a higher income because they're constantly trying to keep up with that. So I've tried to create resources that are respectable in a financial aspect And
0: online. So if a business owner is listening to this and they're thinking, okay, after hearing all of this, I am committed. I'm willing to do better and be a better ally and make my resources that are online more accessible. What do you think that looks like for them day to day? How much time will they need to dedicate? What system would you recommend they follow in order to be better?
1: So that's the one thing that I've, when I created my course is I have designed it for different content creators. So if you're a podcaster, I've created a roadmap for you to go through the course in a specific way. If you are a video editor, you're going to go through the course in a completely different way than a podcaster would. Because you guys have different things that need to take priority. And the biggest thing is I have one of my students that took the course. She did it in two weeks, but she also has a team. So if you're one person, the goal is for you to take the course and master one thing at a time. And if it takes you six months to a year to do the whole course, that is totally fine because technology is constantly changing. So, like, I've already had to add new resources to my course because it's already changed so people need to realize this is a marathon it's not a sprint at all it's a marathon you want to be like taking step by step i want you to truly integrate these practices into your business i don't want you to just be like all right i'm just going to do this and go through it in like two weeks three weeks or even a week which you could literally go through the course in a week because each video is less than five minutes so you could go through the video in a day and be done, but you have to implement it. And implementation takes time. And so I have seven modules. So if you decide you're going to focus on mastering each module, one month each, that would be totally doable. So you would get it all integrated over the course of seven months.
0: Okay. So day-to-day, what does that Look like? Let's say somebody's gone through the course and now they're committed and they're going to implement these practices into their online business. What does it look like day to day? How much time? What extra steps are people adding into their process to be an accessible online business?
1: So, I have a good example. So, if you're a podcaster, the biggest thing you record the podcast and then you're going to submit it to have it transcribed. And then it might be really quick, or if you're using a human transcript, and they will get back to you in 48 hours. And then you come back, and then you're uploading that onto your website or with your podcast, whatever you want to post it. And then you're just, like, sharing on Instagram or Facebook that your podcast is acceptable. So literally, you can make sure that your podcast is acceptable in a week. And it will only add on, like, five, ten minutes per step, but if you're editing it, the editing, from what I've heard, is depending on how long the transcript takes. For me, I'm deaf, <laughs> so I've had to edit my own transcript, and it can take me up to three hours because I don't understand myself. So well, that's like a little funny, so I think it really depends on how quickly you can edit but you can get it done in a week and it might add like an extra hour or something but the better you get at it the shorter it gets.
0: Mm -hmm. And I know that there's some services online for transcription that are automated more or less so it kind of does the bulk of the work for you and then you just kind of go in and tweak it afterwards. Is that true?
1: Yeah so it really depends like I have a few people that Use this, and they said at first it's really messy, but like the more they've learned how to use it, it's pretty quick. And if you're just starting, I say clean up the transcript, it does not have to be perfect, but make sure you identify the speaker, make sure you clean up any glaring errors. Like right now, the transcript says you identify the speaker, but it actually Edit it because it's that mixture, but then it actually changed it to mixture. So sometimes it will like clean up because it does get smarter as you go.
0: Got it. So a lot of listeners to this podcast are brick and mortar small business owners or makers. So a lot of them have like e-commerce websites. What are some tips that you have for people with e-commerce websites for improving the accessibility of their online assets?
1: Pictures need to have alt images. Make sure those are accessible and make sure I don't, like, take in website accessibility because, like, I am in the process of learning more about that, and that is a beast in in itself. I have two refills that do WordPress and Squarespace that will do monthly maintenance on your website that are accessible to make sure it's like constantly accessible. Cause you don't want to be like Domino. Domino was due by a blind person because the app was not accessible. If someone reaches out to you and says, hey, I'm having trouble using your website because it's not accessible, I'm hoping more people are going to reach out to the business and be like, hey, I'm having trouble with your website versus just coming outright and suing people because the number of cases have been going up and how many businesses get sued. And it can cost you between 15 grand to 100 grand because your website's not accessible. So these two companies, they've made it affordable that it's like between $50 a month to $300 a month, depending on how big your website is. That is a small price to pay versus getting through for $15,000 or $100,000. And that can run pe- businesses into the ground. So make the investment and make sure that your website is accessible. Because I want to see small businesses succeed. Because of this.
0: So what did Domino's do wrong? I'm sure that people listening now are like frightened and wondering if they might be doing something wrong and if they might be on the hook for a liability. So they created
1: the app and for some reason, like the way they designed the app is not easily for a blind person to navigate through. Because when you're a blind person, you're using an additional tool called a screen reader that helps you navigate but there was something that was like buggy and Domino wouldn't like fix it so it went all the way to the Supreme Court wow yes and so don't be like Domino. don't be like
0: Domino's (laughs) don't order your pizza from Domino's so we need to know though did they fix it
1: they were ordered to pay and I think they fixed it but I also think they are just the kind of company that just doesn't care
0: Hey, popping in here for a quick sec. Do you ever think about starting your own podcast, but you worry that the sound quality might hold you back? Well, don't let that be the culprit. I want to let you in on a little secret. So lean in. East Coast Studio. East Coast Studio is the reason that this podcast sounds so amazing, and they will take care of all your sound editing needs so that you can focus on the fun stuff. The experts at East Coast Studio will ensure your podcast is the highest possible quality to reflect well on you and your brand and to deliver the best possible listening experience to your audience. East Coast Studio is a proudly Atlantic Canadian business and today they're offering 25% off of your first audio editing service. Just email info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you. It doesn't get much more Atlantic Canadian than that. That's info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you for 25% off of your first sound editing service today. Tell me a bit more about screen readers. If a person has a standard, let's say Shopify or Etsy style e-commerce website, are they already configured to be compatible with these screen readers or do business owners need to take extra measures to make sure that they're working?
1: So I can't use a screen reader because I'm deaf and the screen reader reads it out loud. I've been struggling with that because Shopify and e-commerce, unfortunately, are the websites that tend to have lawsuits come against them. Where it's like, I don't want to freak anybody out, but I am trying to find someone that is a Shopify accessibility expert because that's a problem. Like, I mean... Shopify is the go-to website for a lot of, like, small business owners because you're selling stuff. So, like, what I would do is include a statement on your website that says, if anybody has any problem with the website, like if you're trying to use it and you can't and it's causing you problem, please have them reach out to you because you really want to make sure it's accessible to everybody. Because, I mean, just having that statement, but you really need to take action. If somebody does reach out to you and say, hey, I'm having a little trouble, can you help me? But if you have the statement on your website and just annoy those people, that's the problem. So I want you to make sure you put a statement on your website. I would probably put it in the frequently asked question and say, like, hey, if you're having trouble, please reach out to us. but We really want to work with you to make sure that you best. And the fact is about 71% of the people
0: will abandon websites if they're hard to use. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they will. So you mentioned that alt text is one really great way to make sure that your website is functioning and accessible to everyone. For listeners who want to be proactive and make sure that their websites are accessible, what are some other things that they might look to to make sure that they are?
1: There's something to do with, like, make sure you use headers like H1, H2, H3. You want to use that because the screen reader will actually read through all the headers first and it will help the person, like, go through that. The other thing I would do is make sure that it's mobile-friendly. And the biggest thing is if the company says that it's certified for accessibility, don't believe them. Because there was one client that reached out to me and said, hey, I want to put a badge on my website that says I'm certified for making sure. But that's like legitimately the worst thing you can do because technology is constantly changing. So don't buy into those companies that say, we can certify that your website is accessible. And it would be a one and done job. It's not. It's a constant upkeep.
0: Right, so we have an example of somebody who's not doing it well, and who went all the way to the Supreme Court to deal with that. Do you have any examples of companies or corporations or small businesses that are doing it really well that listeners could look to?
1: I think that's like really tough, but like the when I talked to the owner of Square ADA, and he's in charge of like making sure all his Squarespace clients make sure all their websites are accessible. And he had somebody that didn't want to do it at first. And then six months later, they came back to him and said, oh, we do need you because they were actually being pursued in a lawsuit. But the biggest thing is, even if you have a lawsuit coming up against you, I think they are designing it now that you have 90 days to remedy that. So if I can't point to you and say these are the websites that are doing it really well, because I'm not a website expert. So it's more of check your images, make sure you have alt images added to it, make sure you use the headers, make sure that you include a statement that said, you know what, you're always working to improve accessibility on your website, and if anybody had any issues to address it with them before just creating a large stupid. Unfortunately, there are people out there that will take action. I'm not one of them. I will address people first.
0: Yeah, I mean, in some cases, people may just not know and hopefully are willing to make improvements there. I know the internet of things is overwhelming. Many small business owners are wearing so many hats. They're not web developers. This stuff is difficult for them to understand from a technology perspective alone. So then layer on the addition of like, we need you adding alt text and using your H1, H2 headers properly. And I can already hear the overwhelm coming through (laughs) the podcast mic from People listening to all of these things. And luckily there are resources to make it easier for people like that. So that brings me to my final favorite question. And it is what is one thing that listeners can do today to take that active, proactive step to making their online assets more inclusive?
1: For me, it would be on your social media because more than likely people find you through social media for more than your website. So if you're doing regular videos, make sure your videos are captioned. If you're doing that, make sure your hashtags have camel case. Those are the two main things that I tell people to do. Doing video, caption them, like no matter what, because this benefits everybody, not just deaf people. And then make sure your hashtags are camel case. Like we need to go to Instagram and be like, you need to change the system. Because this is not, like, that I'm having to, like, accommodate to how Instagram is that. When you do hashtags, I have already created a block of hashtags on my scheduler, and they're all, like, camel case, and they post that way. So once you create your hashtag, it's one and done, honestly, unless you create them more. But it shouldn't be, like, to.
0: and caption your video. Caption your video, please.
1: Don't rely on auto-generated caption.
0: Yes, they can be a hot mess. I know that from firsthand experience that they're not great. Hopefully, they're getting better and better. But I think the other thing for listeners to pay attention to here is that it's all about universal design. So implementing these things into your business, like you said, I just want to reinforce it, it benefits everyone including you as the business owner, because there's been plenty of A-B tests that prove that if you have captions on your video, you're going to reach a wider audience, period. Yeah. End of of sentence. (laughs) Erin, I am so grateful that you took the time to help us understand this a little bit more today and point us to the resources that we can use to be better allies. And I'm going to do one here and say that this Podcast episode will be transcribed and going forward I will transcribe my podcast episode. Awesome. I'm excited.
1: That's the biggest thing. A lot of my deaf friends and I, we get frustrated. We're like, why are podcasts not accessible? Like I feel like it's on the like platform that create the podcast where you can listen to them. Like, why aren't you creating a space for footage? But like, what are you going to do? But like, I will say, I do have a couple like podcasters that actually have been doing it well and they took my course and they've been able to really show how to integrate it
0: into their business without adding too many stuff. Amazing. So who are they? And we'll add them to the show notes so we can take a peek. So
1: we have Maggie Germano. We have Wealth Over Now and we have the PR Bar Underscore Inc.
0: Okay. We're going to add those to the show notes. Thank you again, Erin, so much for coming on the show today. It was such a delight to chat with you and have my two worlds converge.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm always really excited to speak about this topic. I know it can be kind of like a mundane topic, but the reality is you want to bring as many people together as possible. This is one way to do it.
0: I agree wholeheartedly, and it wasn't mundane at all. Your passion comes right on through, so don't worry about a thing. It was definitely a great topic. Awesome. Thank you. I loved chatting with Erin. She is a wealth of knowledge and provides so much insight into how far behind the online world is with being accessible to everyone. We all need to do our part because much like the physical world, the internet is an essential part of our day-to-day function and as such, businesses have a responsibility to ensure that all potential customers can access their content. And by the way, making sure that you comply with web accessibility standards won't just help you avoid lawsuits. It will leave you much better equipped for long-term success in the growing digital world that we live in. So please don't walk away from this episode and ignore it. For more on today's episode, including Erin's free roadmap, how to get in touch with her and a transcription of today's show, please visit the show notes at kellylawson.ca slash zero i I'm looking forward to seeing your online assets become more accessible to all people. And until next week, keep on dreaming big and slaying those goals of yours. Bye for now.